people of Earth. We have come to upgrade your cosmic consciousness. DNA activation ready in three, two, one. Hi, welcome to Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. I'm Craig Anderson. And I'm Lou Quinto. Lou, how are Craig. you? I'm doing great. Good. I'm talking to you from a remote location today. So a remote and undisclosed location. And undi- yes, I cannot disclose my location because then I would have to, I would have to shoot you. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I, I can guess where you are, but we yeah. keep it undisclosed. <laughs> keep it undisclosed. So, but it is something that's aligned maybe a little bit to managing burnout, which is our topic today. Yep. Managing burnout. Yeah. Have you ever had work burnout, Lou? I, I, I think all of us have been suffering work burnout, COVID fatigue. I, I think it's just all part of just mental health in general. And yeah. I believe that it, it, you know, even with the flexibility that remote work is giving individuals, there is still a ton of burnout. Well, there's it. I would almost argue it's even worse now because there is literally no escape because the remote work for the professional worker class, the non kind of, you know, people right. who don't have to be out there who get burnt out for probably very different reasons. Yeah. Um, but for the kind of, you know, for the professional class of people, there was a survey that we looked at that more than half of workers surveyed by the conference board in September, just a few months ago, said their mental health has degraded since the start of the pandemic. Rising workload and blurred boundaries mm-hmm. are yeah. a big part of it. It's, you know, you're if it's great to work remote and it's great to have that flexibility, but it's also always right there. Even years ago when I managed a remote sales force. They would always tell me that it's like work is always there. And right. I find myself not able to pull away sometimes or realize I've passed the whole evening sitting in my home office. So sure. there's a lot well, of things going on. Yeah. Well, in fact, if you remember from our very first podcast on remote work, which was pre-pandemic by a few months, we talked about setting boundaries. Uh, yeah. And that one of those boundaries being I work from eight to five and yeah. that five o'clock, I put the computer down and I resume my family, you know, just, just as if I were leaving the office, I leave it behind. But many people, that's a very, very difficult discipline in creating and setting those boundaries, not only for you, but setting those boundaries for the people that work with you or for you or for whom you work for. Because what ends up happening is if the boss calls you at or sends you an email at nine o'clock at night and you're sitting there with the family watching something on Netflix and all of a sudden because your phone is within arm's distance and it goes off and you see that your boss is sending you an email, you feel obligated that you need to reply and respond to that email. So those, those, those boundaries are very, very blurry and it does cause burnout. They absolutely are. There's a guy I listened to his podcast guy, Michael Hyatt, who's a lot about planning and time management. And one of the things he does is he actually has his lights in his home office set up to turn off at six o'clock. His lights just turn off. So he's like, oh, I'm done. I got to be done. And I think I've talked before in here about the guy who uh, every morning got up, got himself ready, walked around the block 
and came back into his home office and did the same thing at the end of the day to build that separation in. Okay. That, that, anything to put a cushion in between work and personal. That's right. So we are going to talk about today three things that people can do to really reduce that feeling of burnout. So the first will be learn to care less and learn to let go. These are all like so contraindicated. And can I break into song, you know, from, from Frozen? Let it go, let it go, let it go. Yeah. Okay. So we won't go back to that singing. Uh, number two, tell your boss you're burned out. And number three, take a sabbatical. And I can only imagine the massive eye rolls when we said take a sabbatical, Lou. So let's jump into the first topic, Lou. Let's talk about caring less and learning to let it go. Right. Yeah. You, you know, it, it, a, a while ago, and I know you always joke about my uh, the books that I read and from what era or year or decade they come from in the past. There but were there was, a lot of great business books read, written in the 30s, Lou. I should it, not be Exactly. Mocking. Yes, yes. Norman Vincent Peale. Was it, I mean, that, that was how to make friends and influence other people. And yeah. to, to this day, it is still the Bible for a lot of people when it comes to relationships and working with people. But anyway, I digress. As we do. Go ahead. There was a book that was very popular a long time ago, I won't say a long time ago, probably uh, early 2000s, that was called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it is all small stuff. And I would recommend wholeheartedly that if people haven't read that book or you haven't heard about the book, go and look at it. In fact, in fact, on our video at the bottom of the screen, I'll go ahead and I'll put the author and, and everything so that people can remember it. Uh, but it is a book that talks about how we get all frustrated and how we stress out over the things that are so small. And I always like to tell, particularly when I'm working with, with other individuals and with my family, with my kids, you've got to look at a situation and ask yourself three weeks from now, three months from now, is this even going to make a difference in your life? Because in many instances, it won't. And you'll look back and laugh about how you stressed out on something that at the time seemed like something so important. But if you just stop and think and say six months from now, how is this going to be looked at? I truly believe that you can take 80% of all the stuff you're stressing about right now and you can de-stress yourself because in the future, it's not going to have that much impact on anything that you're going to do. Well, and I think that is the benefit of experience is you can look back over time and see the things True. that did that. It's hard to do that if you're early in your career. Right. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try, but right. you can gain that perspective over time. Another great book is called Essentialism, which talks about really focusing in on the things that matter. And that is the real key here is, you know, learn to care less. Sounds pretty bad. And I don't think I necessarily <laughs> phrase it that way. Yeah, but yeah. I would say maybe reset your priorities to make sure you're taking care of yourself first, that, you know, you're not looking at email as soon as you roll out of bed in the morning, you know, say no to that 6am meeting that somebody yeah. can't, you know, and I was, it was really hard when I had a bunch of West coast people, right. You know, like you always want to have that Monday morning kickoff meeting at nine o'clock, except it's 6am for somebody, <laughs> um, you know, God, we had this poor woman who was a big smoker and she would just be on the calls and you could just hear her, you know, getting everything together and coughing in the morning. But anyway, <laughs> we can probably cut that out too. Anyway, uh, but 
take care of yourself first, right? Get, get that moment of exercise in those, you know, do those things, drop your kid off to school, say, look, I've got a couple of non-negotiables in my schedule, be it dropping my kid off to school, be it, I'm going to go to the gym before I go to work, get those things that are going to give you energy for the long haul. And just realize, you know, that being at every single meeting, you know, be bold, show up late for a meeting with a cup of Starbucks. So everybody knows you were intentionally late. That's the kind of proactive stuff we want to see, Lou. Well, but build and, those and you, in. Right. And, and, and you, you, you use the word, uh, you know, that you take, got to take a look at things and say, what, what are, what are your musts? And right. whenever I work and, and teach decision-making, I always tell people when you're coming up with your criteria, there's two types of criteria. There's what you call your must-haves and your wants. And I believe your priorities, just as you indicated, you need to have a list of what you must have. And when you start doing that, I promise you, you're not going to have a laundry list of things that you must have. In fact, I always tell people, in order to consider whether something is a must or a want, ask yourself, if you don't have this, will you perish and die? If the answer is yes, then it's a must. If the answer is, well, no, I'm not going to perish and die. Well, chances are it's a want, maybe a high want, close to a must, but it's not a must. And so I truly believe that in looking at things that you can let go, look at those things that are your musts, keep them over to the side, look at those things that are your wants and truly ask yourself, am I going to stress out over these things that are not going to have an effect on me? Fair enough. Good point. Okay. All. all right. Let's all right. So let's talk right. about let's talk about that second one. And <laughs> tell your boss you're burnt out. OK, yeah, you, you had know. the opportunity to serve as a boss for many, many people in your in your in your lifetime. So, well, just tell me what would you do if I came to you as as my boss and said, Craig, I'm burnt out. There's the door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. <laughs> That's what I thought you would ask. So let's go to our third point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it probably has changed over time, right? You know, granted, you know, I'm 55. Okay. So I grew up in the eighties watching, you know, secret of my success and the firm and, you know, that whole thing, right. The go, go eighties, you know, you get up, you get to the office at six o'clock, you work till seven o'clock at night, you sacrifice everything else. I don't know that everybody in the eighties was doing that, but that was the mythos, right? That's what we built was a good employee. That was a good, that's how you climbed the corporate ladder. And I am sure that goes on to an extent today, especially if you're in some of those really high pressure firm environments, you know, the big consulting firms, big banks, financial services, and some of those, but it's not a sustainable path, right? So I would say now the more evolved, Craig, over the last few years, especially over the last few years running the business is really to figure out, right? We've talked a lot about this is we are now in a more of an area where we're looking to managers and leaders to come into this from more of a coaching and consultative place with our employees. So figure out what's going on, right? There's a lot of things that are pulling at people right now that are going to lead to burnout. You know, we've got you know, we've talked a lot about great resignation and, you know, there's not everybody's leaving their jobs. The poor schlubs who are staying are having to pick up that workload, right? Yeah. So now you have increased amounts of work. You know, I have a client I worked with, you know, it took them a while to fill a pretty important position. So they're all been pinch hitting. And so that's doable for a while, but it's not sustainable for long term. So we have to start thinking about, all right, what are the things? Just like we talked about in the last section, try and coach their way through it, try and figure out what do we need to do? 
and try and help you get past the place of burnout. Because, you know, especially if they're a great employee, you don't want to lose them over it. Right. We want to try and figure ways that we can help them manage it better. And maybe even for some of our younger employees, teach them the skills and tools so they can start setting priorities and setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the, the the one thing I will say on that is, is whenever you're in that situation and burnout is just like stress, we're talking about men, mental mental health issues here, uh, is you need to identify what's the root cause of your burnout. And that it, it to, to just say that you're burnt out, but not identifying why. You've got to take that first step and you need to ask yourself, what is making me burnt out? And if you can find out what the root cause is, that will put you on the road to developing the solution to minimize or to eliminate that burnout. So that when you go to not just your boss, Craig, but when, when you go to a, a therapist, I mean, look, look at you know virtual therapy, how it's taken off in the last uh, two years since COVID. I mean, what, there, there's a whole bunch of different platforms that you can go to and you can talk to a therapist virtually and it, it's more economical than going to visit someone in person. It's someone you can share what's going on in your life and getting them to help you out. If you don't have the opportunity to identify what's burning you out, I would truly recommend that if you don't feel comfortable going to your boss initially and saying that you're burnt out, talk to a good friend and have them put on uh, a set of glasses and help you to look at your life, listening to you and maybe identify what exactly is happening that's causing you to be burnt out. That would be the first step I would recommend to anyone who's burnt out. Why am I burnt out? Answer that question. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right. So next up, the big one, I just know people were eye-rolling when we said it. Take a sabbatical, Lulu. How do we go about taking a sabbatical? How many people actually know what a sabbatical is? I was just thinking, you might want to first explain what a sabbatical <laughs> what, is. Yeah, yeah. A sabbatical, I mean, traditionally, it has been something that has been associated with people in academics, where someone is going to take a sabbatical from teaching at a university to do research to write a paper, to write a book or something like that. And what they do is they go on sabbatical. I would term in in our world, a sabbatical being take a vacation. You're given paid time in many instances to take a vacation. If you have that opportunity, you need to take that vacation. So we've introduced the term sabbatical. It's taking a vacation. And I think I mentioned it. In fact, I don't think. I know I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on one of our podcasts where the United States employee is unlike those other employees around the world, where if you go over to Europe, and you see European countries and companies are offering their people four to five weeks of paid vacation time, those individuals you will find in many or most instances, even in Canada, they take three to four weeks consecutively off. That's the sabbatical. Many of us, and I probably dare many of our listeners and viewers to ask yourself the question, if based on the number of days or weeks that you're given paid time off, would you take them off in a consecutive period of time? So if you have two weeks paid 
vacation would you take straight two weeks or would you take three days here, four days over here, which is what most of us do because I'll assume many of us feel that we can't be replaced. No one can do what I do. I have to be there, have to have my hands in everything, have to know what's going on. Where a sabbatical is you literally cut the cord and you do what you need to do to refresh, to rejuvenate, to get to get upskilled, and then you come back and you start your job again. Okay, so so, so let me ask you, what what what's the longest vacation you? You're 55 years old. In 55 years, what is the longest vacation at one time that you took, based upon all of the perks when it comes to time off that you've achieved in your executive roles? Eight months when I got a year's severance when I got severed from a company. And <laughs> okay, I had 12 months. That's a little different. <laughs> Here's what we learned, Lou. I excel at fully funded unemployment. I was great <laughs> at it. It wasn't sustainable. Other than that, probably two weeks. I've done some trips pretty far away, New Zealand, Europe, right. uh, back in the day. I would say that's that's a good start. And I think that's really the difference between taking a long vacation and a sabbatical. A sabbatical, like 5% of companies in the country even offer sabbaticals and probably right. only to senior level employees. But a sabbatical is almost a period of time where you might even not take pay for that time, yep. but your job is there when you come back. So yep. the principles apply, whether it's a long vacation, two weeks or a you know six weeks sabbatical. The yeah. idea of one, you know, there's always going to be a little fear that they're going to realize they don't need me. So I can see where, you know, we just have that fear kind of culturally, but yep. making sure that your job is taken care of during that time that your work is distributed and other people can handle that workload. And if you're going to do it, something like that, you want to make sure you have a policy where other people can do it too. Probably not all at the same time, but we can't have everybody out on sabbatical. But my my lesson learned in this from some of the longer vacations, and this was kind of pre where we all had cell phones, but we all had laptops as I was in Europe for like two weeks. And I brought my laptop with me with the goal that I would not look at it. But on the day I flew home, I downloaded all the email. Right. And was going to work through it on the plane. So I didn't have a pile of email when I came back. So two things. One, my battery died before I could get through all the email. (laughs) But the more relevant lesson learned from that was as I would go through the emails, I'd get, you know, you're going through them chronologically. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then, you know what happened? It got solved. It out. Yeah. (laughs) Things get solved. Yeah. You are not the magic touch. The world can move on without you. Probably not forever. Right. But the world can move on. And if you've done a lot of the things we've talked about, Lou, in prior podcasts about building the right teams, being clear about priorities and goals and objectives for your business, when you have your team set up like that, yeah. your absence for a period of time, whether it's due to vacation, sabbatical, or illness, is going to continue on. Yep. And we have to realize that. So whether it's even just, you know, I know a lot of people don't want to take a two-week vacation because like, oh my God, um, but set it up that way. Heck, I even had, even if I took a week vacation, one of the things I asked my team to do is like, hey, the day before I get back, write me up a one summary email of the hot topics, right? Just so I know what you need help with as soon as, what are my priorities as soon as I get back to help you be successful? Right. So, you know, build in those tricks and tips, distribute the work. This is doable, whether it's a long-term unpaid sabbatical or just a two-week vacation, you know, four or five weeks. Good God, Lou. Um, yeah. 
you yeah. just moved to France <laughs> then, uh, Next at any rate, or Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it's doable, and it is a way for you to recharge because if you go and you don't disconnect, right, you're not going to recharge because you're always going to have that trigger. Yeah. Of oh, anxiety. If you can, you're never going to be able to break from it if you don't break from it. Right. And, and even it, I'm, I'm just imagining some of our listeners right now going sabbaticals are out of the question. Why am I even listening this far? Because I can't take a sabbatical. You know what? Start with your weekends. When Friday comes along at five o'clock, put all of your business away, regardless of where you are at home or in the office. And don't, don't go toward anything that is work related until Monday morning at eight o'clock. Take those two solid days and have little sabbaticals where you are just getting away from everything. Because I'll tell you, I just share a quick, quick story is I've had two situations where I've had to be um, taken to the hospital in an ambulance. Uh, one, I, I suffered a very severe seizure and the other one uh, was uh, some, some heart pains uh, in my chest. And while I'm laying in ICU both times, it dawned on me that if I were to die, the things that were on my list of things to do when I passed would still be on my list of things to do. And they would either get done by someone else or not get done. And those were truly eye openers for me. Uh, when you come that close, you've got a situation where you just go, if something happened to me, what would have happened with all of those little things that I was stressing out over? And the first time with the seizure, it was because I was stressing out and I was burnt out. Use the old adage. I was burning the candle at both ends. And finally, my brain just seized and said, we can't do this anymore. Uh, hopefully, none of our listener viewers will have to go through that. There you go. All right. So, Lou, what are your key takeaways today? My key takeaways is don't sweat the small stuff, and it is all small stuff. Going back to the name of the book, I truly believe that all of us need to look at all of the priorities in our lives, and we need to look at those things that are the big things. It, it's almost, I, I'm sure you've heard that, uh, uh, what's that story about the professor who's standing in front of the class, and he's got a jar, glass jar, and he puts a bunch of big rocks in there. And he holds it up to the class. It's filled to the top. And he says, is there room for anything else? Yeah. And everyone says, no. And then he takes a bunch of pebbles and the pebbles go in between the big rocks and he holds it up again. It's all filled to the top. And he said, is there room for anything else? And class says, no. And then he takes sand and he pours sand in it. And the sand covers all of the blank spaces in between the rocks and the pebbles. And he said, now is it full? And everyone says, yes. And he says, no. And then he takes water and he pours water into it. You have to focus on the big rocks in your jar. Don't focus on the pebbles and the sand and the water. Focus on the big things. Okay. Well, very good. Well, two things for me. One, I now have an earworm in my head for the song title song from Michael J. Fox's great movie, Secret of My Success. So go listen to that. I'm gonna What is it? It's the secret of my success. Is oh, that's just, that's the name of the day. song. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. I'm okay. not. Yeah, the title song and the title of the movie, same thing. Okay, all right. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to sing it out loud. However, <laughs> I know my limitations. Uh, the other one is right. Build boundaries 
around what is important. It's similar to what you're saying, right, Lou? Build those boundaries to make sure, you know, at least one of your big rocks is making sure your health and your sanity are in place. So if you have that, you know, you won't burn out. And let's face it, sometimes these are both sides, right? It may be, it's not work stress, it's personal life stress. And right. work is maybe your your refuge, but you still have to deal with the sources of those things. So make sure you're right. doing the things to get yourself covered so that you can perform at a high level and have a life that feels good to you. So that is it. Lou, okay. take us out. All right. Fantastic. Well, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership as Craig and I discuss burnout and how to deal with burnout and how to work through burnout and how to eliminate or minimize the burnout that you may need be feeling these days. So if you'd like us, if you like this episode, please do us a favor and you know, share us, rate us, review us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. And we are also available on all of your major podcast platforms. So until next Thursday, keep your hands washed, keep your distance. I'm Lou Quinto. And I'm Craig Anderson.